everybody, on today's episode of the Final Third Podcast, you're going to want to stick around because we talk a lot about international soccer, Wales making to the World Cup, Argentina beating Italy in the finalissima. Is it actually a major trophy? We debate that for quite a while. Canadians men's national team going on strike right before they go into the World Cup. Crazy, crazy news as well as some hot transfers that are going around the market. Definitely, definitely want to listen to this one. And if you do like this one, uh, leave us a rating, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you want. We definitely will appreciate it. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the final third podcast. It is not Monday, it's Tuesday, but you know, this is our usual Monday early week episode which is our news and predictions episode where we talk about all of the big things happening in the soccer world both on and off the field i'm one of your co-hosts aj tabura a fan of west ham united minnesota united and the u.s national teams one of which we'll talk about for uh, good reasons and i'm joined by uh, my other co-host jack jack how are you doing pretty restful weekend huh uh the exact opposite <laughs> i i i would say I had my brother's graduation this weekend, so I am very tired, but still here, still happy to be here. And I'm a fan of Chelsea, Atlanta, Minnesota United, and the French and U.S. national teams. Yes, I mean, that's the reason why we did, weren't able to have uh, an episode come out uh, yesterday. But we are here still, of course, talking about soccer and pretty g- crazy soccer week. Uh, probably the most important soccer news right off the bat was the fact that Jack finally got an Atalanta jersey. Finally. How does that feel? It's great. Uh, I so bit bit of a promotion, even though we're we're not sponsored at all. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Could be. It would be nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Away days football. They're a great small business based out of Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, they have a mystery jersey that you know I've touted on here a few times. Mystery scarves as well that you know AJ. Has liked, you know, he, yeah. I, th- I, I think I can see the Monaco one sticking out of. Yes, that's on true. Right, right here. Yeah. Yep. So and I, uh, I just bought a one, uh, a, a new one yesterday. I'm waiting to see what that is. Yeah. So I got a mystery jersey and happened to get Atalanta, you know, a club that hey, I've supported for a few years, but because of expensive shipping and customs fees, couldn't get. Uh, so I just happened to get it in a mystery uh, jersey and, you know. It's a great deal. I, I really like them. It's fun, especially if you collect soccer jerseys. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, sponsor us at Away Days it'd be Football. Great. That'd, be, that'd be great. Martin be great. from Away Days. Martin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be great. No, yeah. It, even just like sending us like a, a, a free jersey or a free scarf would be enough to to give you a, a free ad read on this. We just gave we just gave them a free ad read. So. We did. We really yeah. did. Yeah. Who cares? It's fine. Who cares? Uh, but not a free ad read because it's us. Doing our own ad read is uh, our Twitter account at Final Third Show. If you want to, you know, listen to us, give our takes on whatever, talk about a possible road trip for some of our friends coming up here in Minnesota, or you know, all, all the cool soccer stuff or non-soccer stuff in that case. And yeah, but also on our Twitter, soon to be announced, is a special thing that we're doing for Pride Month, and hopefully we can make this as we, as college students, begin to grow our income. <laughs> uh, be able to do for a lot of other social justice you know months and events but we're doing something very special for pride month because uh obviously you know being a uh, gay lesbian trans in this country is always has always been a challenge and of course here 
on the Final Third podcast. We are very strong allies uh, with that fight uh, for both, you know, in the soccer world and not the soccer world. So, Jack, what are we doing for Pride Month? Yeah, well, I wanted to add in, you know, one thing that both AJ and I can't stand when it comes to Pride Month is when companies and corporations, organizations are like, we support LGBTQ people and give a thumbs up and change their logo for a month, but don't actually back it up with any actions. Uh, That's dumb. And so we want to set a better example, even though, you know, we're just a small podcast, but everyone can play a part. We're we're setting a better example, trying to show people how it's done. And uh, so for every 100 episode downloads in June, AJ and I will both be donating $5 to an individual charity. Uh, Outfront Minnesota is one of them. They've been a very big advocate for LGBTQ rights in Minnesota, including defeating the mayor, uh, the anti-marriage equality amendment to the Constitution in 2012 and uh, having some of the best protections for uh, for, you know, getting some of the best proje- protections for trans folk in the in the country in the state of minnesota so we're we're going to donate to them and also to the trevor project which is another great organization that tries to help kids who you know might be struggling to uh to co uh to come out and to you know express their identity so trying to give give something back to the community and help do good work yeah uh, so we will be. Uh, w- w- what is the exact numbers for that? Have, have we decided for every couple of whatever downloads? Yeah, every hundred downloads. So it'll be ten dollars total, five dollars to each of those charities. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not a ton. We're college students, but we want we we still want to do something to help out. Yeah. So if you want to join in our crusade or you know match us. I'm sure that I can get a few people to match us as well. That would be great. We will uh, post a a Twitter post uh, giving some more details on that. All right. With that, you know, pretty good news out of the way. Let's get into some more good news. Uh, Actually, now that I'm looking at the first transfer talking about, maybe not great news. Not for me. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go through some big news stories. Starting first with, of course, the classic, classic final third a podcast bits uh, section transfer hot or not where again and if you've been listening you already know but for those of you who aren't necessarily tuned in with this show so far uh, transfer hot or not is where I ask Jack about a transfer that's happening a major transfer that's happening in the football world and he has to tell me whether it's gonna be a hot transfer or a not hot transfer so you know we've covered a couple so if if you notice that we haven't talked about a certain transfer that's happening uh, that is still in the works, not confirmed yet. Definitely go check out our previous episodes to see what we have said about that. But the first one is something that we've kind of alluded to, but haven't really talked about outright. And that's Rudiger to Real Madrid. Jack, you know Rudiger very well. Uh, former che- Now former Chelsea player is leaving on a free was a, a big part of uh, their you know, three in the back, five in the back, whatever you want to call it, defense, and had some offensive firepower to him as well. So, Jack, Rudiger to Real Madrid, hot or not? I'm going to say only mild. It's only mild. Mm. And the reason why is he doesn't play very well in a back four. I've seen him play in a back four and in a back three. If Real Madrid aren't shifting to a back four or a back three, uh, Which I feel like not, they won't be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They won't. He's not going to do as well. He 
his game is really good when he's able to bomb forward on runs and be able to use his aerial threat to score some goals and, uh, you know, is able to put some passes into the box, is able to, you know, tackle further up the pitch. He is not good when he's when he's in a two in a back two system because he goes forward and yes, he has recovery pace. He'll he'll be he'll be fine for the most part. He has improved since being under Lampard. Yes, but he he just doesn't look the same in a in a back four system than a back three and maybe a little bit of bias, but I don't think Real Madrid fans will respect him like Chelsea fans do. Mm. Over sure. over the past over the past year and a half, Chelsea fans have absolutely loved seeing him at Real Madrid. I, I feel like he won't get that same kind of stuff. And yeah, so I'm I'm just gonna say mild. I'm just gonna say mild. Mm, uh, I mean, he's a big boy. I'm pretty sure he could he could handle it. Uh, but I I do 100 percent agree. Uh, I, I still think it's pretty warm, pretty hot even. Uh, but I I think the big issue that could come up is the fact that Rudiger is a very, very aggressive player. Like you said, moving up front and to, you know, contextualize, contextualize that further, uh, a potential center back pairing is him and Militao. And Militao is also very, uh, is also aggressive. And that's why he was in my, uh, uh, my best 11 for the season. His offensive stats speak for themselves and that could cause some issues, but also Real Madrid is going to have enough quality to maybe make up for that with their midfield and uh, the people flanking them. Alaba maybe moving out to the left, I think it would also be pretty good. So I'm going to go with on the hot side because I think Real Madrid's quality could see them through even with a pretty aggressive pairing. But yes, free transfer, though. That's tough. That's true. Uh, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, I would say it's good for Real Madrid and, and not so great for Chelsea. For No, you know, it's not good for Chelsea at all. Reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Alexander Lacazette moving from Arsenal to Lyon. Uh, Lacazette scored 71 goals in 206 appearances for Arsenal, uh, which is not the best goal-scoring record. Still pretty good, uh, but he did play some key roles for uh, this Arsenal team. I mean, obviously, he won the FA Cup uh, with the club in 2020, and, I mean, he, he was still... Arsenal's, like, one of uh, their best all-time goal scorers like cracking the the top 10 uh but i think he and arsenal fans can both agree that his time with arsenal was marred with some inconsistency that you know will will be left in the past you know good servant to the club so jack long preamble i'm sorry alexander lacazette to leon back to his roots what do you think yeah i mean it's it's all right it's pretty good uh you know, Leon has been losing a lot of talent over the past few seasons. So getting a striker in can be good. He has experience there. He played very well for them there. You know, scored 129 goals and yeah, 275 absolutely. appearances. That's not those aren't bad numbers at all. So maybe he'll find some form again in France because, you know, four goals in the Premier League this past season in 20 starts a goal every five games that that's right. not good. That wasn't good enough for Arsenal. So uh, I, I believe it's a free transfer as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that that's a bit that that's not great for, for Arsenal. Maybe they were, maybe it would have been nice to maybe get some money from him last season or maybe in January because they wanted to move him on then. But 
I, I mean, it does free up squad space and wages. Yeah. So yeah, there is I, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's on like a pretty hefty salary, which is part of yeah. the reason why he didn't move beforehand. But such is life. Uh, Jack, I, I, I just pulled up his stats because I remember I signed him to bring back to football manager. Cause I love talking about football manager. I signed him for Arsenal uh, back in yeah, 2017, right before he actually made the move in real life. And he he, he was great. He scored. I think he scored like a brace or something in the Champions League final for me. So, you know, oh, wow. a great player for me. But the reason why I signed him and the reason why a lot of Arsenal fans were excited for him in the first place was because his last season with Liga in Liga with Leon, 28 matches he started, 27 goals. Like that, that, Obviously, that is an a, amazing record. And to maybe see that to at least get into a system that maybe suits him better i think will do him good so i'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's a nice hot transfer for everyone except arsenal's finance even though that's still pretty good that's pretty good for them. salaries off so yeah still pretty good jack how about uh we got a, we got a double for you even though it's pretty much two different cases uh we got bale and isco moving to uh not real madrid at least <laughs> Exiting Real Madrid. Uh, yeah, yeah, exiting Real Madrid. So with Bale, everyone knows his deal. Since 2019, he's played only 21 games for Real Madrid in the league. And it was obviously, you know, marred understandably by a lot of controversy surrounding his commitments. What is it? Wales, uh, uh, Wales, Wales Golf, Golf Madrid in that order. In that order. Yeah, everyone, everyone knows that. Everyone knows his commitment issues. But this was still a player who managed to score 106 goals for the club won La Liga three times, the Champions League five times, the Club World Cup three times. Like, the streets will never forget his bicycle goal in the 2018 Champions League final. So, my guess, now that Wales has qualified for the World Cup, is that he stays at least until the World Cup and then potentially retires. I mean, he's getting up there. Uh, Isco, on the other hand, I feel like can play. Uh, he had nine great seasons for Real Madrid and will be leaving on a free because his salaries have been pretty hard to uh, take on uh, for other teams. So we'll see where he goes. I think Mourinho uh, has taken a liking to him. So potentially we could see him moving for free to Roma, but there's also a variety of different places he can go. So Jack Bale and Isco to not Real Madrid. What do you think about that? Hot or not? I mean, it's it's a pretty hot transfer for for them. They it was time for them to go. Bale wasn't playing. Isco only played fourteen games, starting only three in La Liga this past season, and his output has just dried up over the past few seasons. I mean, just look, you know, the twenty sixteen seventeen season: ten goals, eight assists; seventeen eighteen seven and seven; eighteen nineteen three goals, two assists. 1921 goal two assists 2021 zero goals two assists and this year one goal zero assists mm -hmm. uh, it's just dried up he his his goal outputs dried up he's he was on pretty big wages so it it was it was time for him to leave it was definitely time for him to go uh i i don't know where either of them will end up i've heard a rumor going around that bail to dc united could be something which, yeah. if that happens, that would be crazy. Uh, I've also heard bail to Cardiff City in his home country, which would also be pretty crazy. Can you the imagine Gareth Bale in the championship? Oh my god! Yeah, uh, that that feels disrespectful to Gareth Bale. I'm not gonna lie. Nah, in the championship. I mean, I mean 
I, I'm not a Cardiff City fan. Uh, people who have really listened to this podcast will know that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a casual Swansea City fan. But still, just imagine the memes of Gareth, old man Gareth Bale in the most physical league in the world. He'll get eaten alive or he'll yeah. kill it. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I think either way, it's good that they've that they're both leaving. Real Madrid need to free up salary uh-huh. and space. So, yeah, good transfer. Yeah. Potentially free up some space for this next transfer we're talking about. Think about that for a, for a transition. But Chuamani moving from AS Monaco to Real Madrid? Question mark PSG? Question mark even Liverpool? Question mark. It's gonna it's gonna be Real Madrid, probably for yeah. upwards of sixty eight to even a hundred million euros, depending on how much Monaco wants to budge for. Obviously. Very, very good player, Jack. I'm, I'm going to leave it to you to talk to him, uh, talk about him a little bit more. But he is a 22-year-old 20 French defensive midfielder. Uh, other than that, I honestly don't know too much about him in terms of him as a player. So, Jack, I'm going to leave it to you. Chumani to probably Real Madrid. Is that hot or not? Uh, amazing. It, it's Okay, it's, I'll take your word for it's it. It's sizzling hot. It, it's sizzling. I believe you. Uh, I believe it, you. Well, you might remember he was in my team of the season. That's true. Because he is an, an amazing player. Uh, I want Chelsea had a chance to get him last season and they passed saying, let's give him a year to develop. He developed and he is incredible. Honest. I, I, I said it before and I'm going to say it again. Next Conte. Next Conte. Mm-hmm. France's next sure. Conte. He, he's he's awesome. He is very, very good. Made 101 interceptions in 30 games. In league on, okay, uh, three interceptions per game he averages. That's really good. He he chips in a few goals and assists, creates some chances from deep. But his his passing is good, uh, and you know he's really good at reading the game and cutting out passes, which That's is what you, need. What you really what you need from a central yeah. midfielder. And you know, say what you want about Real Madrid's midfield, but Modric and Kroos, they're getting old, like really old. And they and as good as Modric still is, they're not going to be able to play forever. So I I think that this is a smart move by Real Madrid. Well, but what about uh what about Camavinga? I mean, he's playing in a maybe not a defensive midfielder role, but I I feel like he was he was in that area as well, also a French player. Yeah, Cam Camavinga's a central midfielder as well, and of course, yes, does play for Real Madrid. Uh, but the thing about Chuamani is he is a little bit more deep. He's a deeper okay. player. So maybe more of a replacement for Casemiro in the long term. All right. Uh, but, you know, I, that entire midfield is going to age out sooner rather than later. So Real Madrid need new talents. And I, I think, you know, Chuamani is a great one. Yeah, I mean, uh, Casemiro is, you know, 30 years old. So I, I'm also going to agree that this is sizzling hot, even though I've not paid attention to Liga as much, nor French player. So, Jack, thank you for taking the lead on that. Uh, but I'll agree with you. I mean, I, I've seen his stats. I, I've seen how much player, uh, teams want him. So, yeah, I'll agree with that. How about another French midfielder, Jack? Uh, potentially not as high potential. Potentially uh, didn't live up to his potential. And that is Paul Pogba leaving uh, Manchester United to go to potentially uh, Juventus back to where he was before. Uh this is all. This is capping off an exodus within uh, Manchester United. The likes of Matic, Juan Mata, and Lingard also 
leaving many of those for freeze, I believe. Uh, Paul Pogba, is this also a free transfer? Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Pogba did not have the best of times with Manchester United, obviously getting paid an exorbitant amount, and that only leading to the Europa League and the EFL Cup being won back in 2016 and 2017. Yes, you know, he got he, he got his uh, uh, World Cup somewhere in there as well, but s- still, after six seasons, there really wasn't a lot to say that he was a successful transfer. And now for the second time in a row, Juventus will be receiving Paul Pogba on a free transfer. And this is <laughs> and Juventus did also sell him to Manchester United for like a, a, a club setting, a, a club setting record fee. So 90 million, 90 million. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's a it's it was just an extended loan, six year loan. Uh, yeah, basically. Without 90 million loan fee. Yeah. Uh, and and J- Jack, I'll, I'll leave it to you. I'm, maybe he'll bring his mohawk back. I think I think once he got rid of that, that that's where his magic went away. So, Jack, tra- transfer, is it hot or not? So, for, first, before I say that, I'm going to disagree with you saying that he had a disappointing season. I think it was fine, honestly, all things considered. Made 20 appearances, 10 goal involvements, one goal and nine assists. He was actually one of Manchester United's highest rated players, according to Foot Mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I think he had a pretty good season, which also means I'm going to say that this is a pretty hot transfer. So, okay. uh, you know, it's a free transfer. And Juventus, we've talked a lot how Juventus's midfield sucks. Uh, so this is going to improve it. He's still very good. Uh, I'm standing by that. I know that there's a lot of people who have lost faith in him. But I still think he's very good. There's a reason why he was still playing for France, because France has no shortage of good midfielders. So the fact that Pogba was still playing for them says something, I think, at least. I think I think he'll find his form again at Juventus, and I, I think he'll be great there. That's yeah, that, that, that's it. It's just a really good transfer. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I will, you know, rag on Pogba. I will not rag on Pogba as much as some other like English pundits will, and I, I understand that a, a lot of it just came down to the way that Manchester United played. Like oh, something yeah. they, we, we've been they talking about, I feel like, well. yeah, for the past few years, is the fact that he did not have a Conte esque player to back him up to be in that six role, which would allow him to be unlocked more. And so, hopefully, now that he's going to Juve, you know who could play in a 4-3-3, they kind of uh, unlock him a, a, a bit more. That being said, I mean, I, I still, regardless, I still feel like it, it was not as as high of a of a, a reign in Manchester United that he probably would have, have wanted. Whether that's his fault or not his fault, I feel like at the end of the day, will not matter because uh, history does not remember every intricate detail uh, of every battle, but rather the winners and losers of them. So, all I, all I have to say about that. So, I, I'm, I'm going to go on Manchester United's end, hot. On everyone's end, actually hot. I think this is just the best move for everybody. How about the last transfer we'll talk about today, which is Di Maria to Barcelona. Yes, the former Manchester United and, of course, Real Madrid player potentially moving to Barcelona after, I must say, 
what is this four eight 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 uh seven successful seasons with PSG. Yes, of course they win the Champions League, but I feel like after what was a really a disaster for uh, Manchester United, how much he hated playing for Manchester United, to go to PSG and just kill it. I, I think. Yeah, racking up 57 goals and 72 assists as a, a winger, you know, played pretty well uh, in this the past season as well. Is now like 34 years old, but can potentially move to uh, Barcelona on a on a free. I want to say a lot of free transfers. I think he, I thought he still had a few years left on his contract. That actually might be true. So I it might be talking about my butt at there, but <laughs> Jack. Uh, this guy, this uh, Di Maria, who just won a trophy with Argentina, moving to Barcelona, who can use some trophies, hot or not? I, I I'm gonna say no. It's not hot. Okay. Uh, and the reason why is Barcelona. I I have a lot of friends who support Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona needs to think about the future, please, for one moment. Think about beyond the next year. I mean, they got they got so many young players though. Yeah, but Gavi, the, Petri, but, I can go on. But the way the way forward isn't just getting every aging attacking player across Europe. Like Lewandowski, Di Maria, getting potentially Marcus Alonso, getting Azpilicueta. Like none of those players are under thirty. Mm-hmm. They're they're paying like way more than they should for players that are honestly like going down towards the end of their careers and i i just don't think it's that good of a transfer i mean like yes he's still fine but i don't think it's like anything but i think it's a lateral move from psg to barcelona like that that's for him personally or yeah yeah for him personally and for the clubs as well like i mean you know changing psg for barcelona isn't that big of a change because he's still not going to uh, play in every single game for Barcelona. And just like at PSG. And I, I feel like it's going to be kind of a similar story. So nah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not Ooh. I'm not huge on this transfer. And also, I don't think it'll happen. That That's another thing. OK, well, there there are talks of him moving to uh, Juventus as also another option. I, I feel like I, I've been hearing news about that for the past couple months, at least so. Potentially that happens, but I, Jack, will vehemently disagree with you if he moves to Barcelona and say that this is a hot transfer for for what I think is three reasons. Number one, I, I think the current rumor is that this is going to be a one-year contract, which in, in that case would mean that he would not be dead weight at the end of, of that year. It's basically just a, a, a rental. Number two, as people will point out, Rafinha was Barcelona's main choice for a, a winger. Uh, and obviously, now that Leeds did not get relegated, unfortunately for Barcelona, that deal will not, will not come cheap. And as we also know, Barcelona are keeping things very cheap to the point where they're actually, uh, for the time being, until their financial situation calms down, not signing any player to a, a $10 million a year deal or more uh, for the foreseeable future even asking players like PK who are on higher contracts to take a pay cut to reach that. And, you know, they obviously can't afford Rafinha, right? Uh, Dembele is leaving, so they need a replacement, but they can't afford a great one 
that's like going to be a young world-class player but Di Maria is still good I, I the, the stats speak for themselves like and the stats when he plays for Argentina speak for themselves as well like 34 years old but he definitely has one or two more years so I, I'm gonna say that for a short-term solution which is what this seems like it's gonna be I think it's pretty hot I, I said that about the the Danny Alves uh transfer and that was only okay pretty good uh but i think this one is the even more of a no-brainer even more of a, a slam dunk than that so i don't know i don't know leave it at that leave it at that uh that will be our transfer hot or not for this week but we have some more news to talk about of course uh so buckle in as we talk about a lot of international soccer for the rest of this episode starting jack with a certain country certain country that if i'm remembering correctly i said would be qualifying for the world cup I'm, that is I'm, wales i don't think you're happy about the way they qualified though i oh wait well first of all <laughs> of course jack is alluding to the fact that wales won one to zero off a of yarmolenko own goal yes. and i will say i think that's just the universe correcting itself after the wonder goal he scored against scotland wow. I, I think that i think there's need to be some correction and also i i will always love Yarmolenko, like I, th- I thought he was a great West Ham player, but in about uh, 24 days, he will not be a West Ham player. And I think it's the best move for everybody, speaking about transfer hot or not. Uh, but Jack, let's talk about Wales qualifying for the World Cup after 64 years. 1958 was the last World Cup that they qualified for. It's been a while. Uh, obviously, Wales automatically... Uh, not automatically. Who did they beat to make it into the uh, in into this uh, situation here in the semifinals? They of course, Austria. Beat, yes, Austria. You're correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Austria two to one thanks to a bail brace. Yep. Uh, and, and yeah, the reason why they're playing this game this late because all the other semifinals and finals for the different paths for qualification happened in March, but uh, you know. Things began to happen over in the Ukraine-Russia region of the world. And That's so an you, understatement. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, but Ukraine was not able to play out their game against Scotland, their semifinal game. So they played that just recently, and that ended up being 3-1. to one. And that was a crazy game. Uh, Jack, Ukraine making it to the final, almost qualifying for the World Cup. How how i don't say good but how maybe important was that not in the grand scheme of things but for before a, a country that hasn't had a, a lot of uh, good news you know we we saw like the ukrainian players you know proud that they, they're draped in, in ukrainian flags i, th- I think if, I, if i'm if i remember correctly the, the, a news story before the wales game they received like flags or ukraine memorabilia from soldiers that were fighting in the front lines like like how how impactful was this run to this final for ukraine yeah well they definitely had a feel-good aspect to them uh i wanted ukraine to make it in and honestly i think wales should have just done it i think (laughs) i think wayne hennessy uh you know he 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 has something else to say yeah Yeah. he's a villain i mean he plays for burnley so i mean there is that 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 has villain written all over it uh but uh 
Yeah, I, I wanted Ukraine to win this because I feel like, you know, Ukraine has taken some some wins lately. You know, they did win the Euro, uh, Eurovision, the Eurovision. Yeah. Uh, which was very cool. Very good song they had, by the way, for that. Uh, but I, 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 yes, it's it's cool that they made it to this situation, but I wish they had qualified into the World Cup. Because, you know, that would have been such a middle finger to Russia because Russia can't compete in the World Cup and Ukraine making it would have been so nice. Yeah, it it would have been an amazing story, but I I still don't think that should take anything away from uh, the effort that a lot of these players put on. I mean, some of these players... Obviously, the, the Ukrainian Premier League is not happening right now because right. of the war. So a lot of these players are either out of practice or, or have not played a lot. So to come together to you know beat Scotland pretty handedly, uh, as I was alluding to before, Yarmolenko had a great first touch from uh, Malinovsky and was able to just you know chip the goalkeeper, uh, 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 Gordon of, of Scotland. And after that, it was pretty much all Ukraine. And going into this, I, I was fully expecting, I, I predicted Scotland to beat Ukraine to make it to the final for an all-British an all British final for, for the last spot in the World Cup. But Ukraine came out, and they were just, they were just hungry. They, they, they just seemed like they won every ball. The, the midfield uh, of Zinchenko and Malinovsky were, were just clicking uh, Yarmchuk got the uh, um, goal in the 49th minute. McGregor of Scotland got one back, but then uh, Dovbik really sealed the deal for a 3-1 win for Ukraine. So it, it, it was just it was an excellent performance from them, and I I think that 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 deserves still some credit despite not m- making it past Wales. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it was still a good performance from Ukraine and Wales. There were a lot of good chances. I'm remembering a a, a last-ditch Davies slide tackle on Ukraine. And that kind of that kind of just, like, summed up Ukraine's day uh, on that. But yeah, overall... Ten, 10 of the 15 Ukrainian players uh, play in the Ukrainian Premier League that yeah. saw the field against Wales. That That's 10 out of 15 players who were playing their second game in half a year yeah just put just just putting that into perspective and honestly i i don't think wales deserve the win uh, they they did not play better i i i don't care what anyone says it, they they did not play better they they won off an own goal they had 32 percent possession 0.73 expected goals to 2.21 uh, 10 shots to 22, 70% passing rate to 84% passing, uh, three shots on targets on target to nine. Wales didn't play better, but Wayne Hennessy had a great game. And that's the reason why they're going to the world cup basically. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's, I, you, you saying don't take away anything for, from Wales, but I, I don't think this was their best game that they played. I, 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 I don't think it was their best game either. Uh, but 
at the end of the day, that like that 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 doesn't matter, right? Uh, I I I don't I, I don't think a, a lot of teams' biggest games were happened to be their their best games. I mean, that's and <laughs> and Ukraine, I, I yeah, you're right. I I think they did play better, but that that makes the likes of Hennessy's and and that backline of Davies, uh, Ampadu, Rodon. Even the midfield, it makes their performance even more impressive because Ukraine, Ukraine had nine shots on target, I believe. Yep. That is the most on target shots to not in this World Cup qualifying campaign to not result in at least one goal. And yep, unfortunately, like, like, again, not to take any anything away from either of these teams, but Ukraine this, this was their first loss this entire campaign. That's impressive, but they also drew six games in, in their uh, qualif- qualifying in that group. And so this is kind of this is kind of the thing that, that uh, has defined on the field their World Cup qualifying campaign. But like, like I said, nine shots on target, and that ended up being nine, sh- nine saves from Wayne Hennessy. Something, something that will, will will get you written about for years to come. It, it was an absolutely amazing performance, man of the match performance, uh, from him. Uh, before we move on, I I, I do want to mention that that Yarmolenko goal did come off of a a pretty fast bail goal, so bail free kick. So it, it it's not like it, it was unforced or anything to give credit to Yarmolenko because you know. He is still a West Ham player for 24 more days or so. But also, just to give some better context, that that is what forced uh, the goal to happen. Uh, but Jack, unfortunately for Ukraine, unfortunately for pretty much the, the world that wanted them to qualify, Wales is in there, and they are going to be going into Group B. And you might be wondering, uh, that's no big deal. Group B, like, like who cares? It's probably just a bunch of nobodies in Group B that definitely will not have any geopolitical tensions within that group. Uh. <laughs> they are going straight into the meme group. Also, one of the harder groups in terms of FIFA ranking and ELO ratings. And that is Wales. Of course, we know they're in Group B. England. Hmm. I wonder if there's any, like, border tension there. Uh, then it's... Iran, and obviously England and Iran have a, a pretty big uh, history. I guess the UK in general, not just England. So, you know, Wales and and, and Iran. Uh, but also, United States. That's right, USA, Jack, the country that we live in, mm-hmm. facing England, obviously some weird history there. And Iran, again, some bad history there. Jack, how crazy is this group going to be? Not just off the field, because I, I I know that the the Twitter and Reddit threads are gonna get toxic AF, but just also on the field, because this is this is a very tight tight group. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, I still think Ukraine would have been more of a, a better meme, honestly. Yeah, no, like, no matter what? no matter who it was, either Scotland, uh, Ukraine, or Wales, there is gonna be some uh political freaky stuff going on there. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, big implications all around for this. Uh, it will be interesting to watch the World Cup. Yeah, uh, and I'm very excited uh, to see it. So this basically means that the U.S. will be facing off Wales first in, in, in the group stage in Qatar. 
and it's very important that we win that. I, I, I feel like I feel like both Wales and U.S. have 50-50 chance to walk away with something, and so I'm very uh, much looking forward to that. A win would help either team cement their chances into moving on to the rest of the tournament. All right, so Wales, congratulations uh, for making it to the World Cup. Jack, let's talk Argentina beating Italy in the very prestigious uh, Finalissima. Just kidding. It's actually the third time. It's, it's happened before. Yep. Uh, under a different name and also like 40 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, 1985, hosted by France. Uh, the, the two winners of the Conmebol and UEFA respective uh, Continental Cups. France won that over Uruguay in 1993, so an eight-year wait. Argentina hosted it, and they beat Denmark, uh, who, you know, that was a crazy run by Denmark uh, back then. Uh, but Argentina beat them on penalties. And now, 2022, hosted by England. I don't know why exactly it had to be in Wembley, but Argentina won three to zero so jack while i quickly grab a lasagna that is currently uh done in my oven why don't you talk about uh the performance that argentina had and the seemingly lack of performance that italy had uh in this kind of made-up final but also is a trophy yeah well let, let me start by saying the thing about it being in wembley is dumb it's it just dumb. It's dumb in general. It should have been held at the uh, the at Napoli Stadium, the stadium named after Diego Maradona. That would have been far better because, you know, he's a legend in Italy and in Argentina. I, I feel like that would have been a much better place to play this final. But no, apparently Wembley was the place, despite Wembley having terrible security for these events in the past. But whatever. Uh, so going through the goals, yes, Argentina destroyed Italy three to zero. Italy, since winning the Euros, have been bad. There's no other way to put it. They've just been bad. Uh, but in the 28th minute, Argentina take the lead after Messi, of course. Who else? Who else but Messi? Messi, man of the match performance. He got out of Di Lorenzo's tackle and made it down the left hand flank and just easily crossed it in for Lautaro Martinez and. He puts the ball in the net, and it's 1-0 to Argentina. So it's it's a great assist from Messi for that first goal. And also, scoring Lautaro Martinez's 20th goal in only 38 caps. Pretty wow. impressive from him. Uh, AJ, how did the lasagna look? Uh, the lasagna was very good. In fact, I lasagna is my favorite pasta. I love pasta in general. And you know who hates pasta, Jack? It has Me. to be Lionel Messi. No, me. And you. I, I that's, yeah. And, so, and you. Uh, I, th I, 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 thought that was, I thought that was setting up in a different direction. I'm not going to. No, lie. no, no, it's okay. I, it is weird. Before I even go back to my original joke, uh, Jack, Jack doesn't like pasta or no. noodles in general, I should no. say. So not even like ramen, which is so unfortunate because like that's, that's my favorite noodle. So I, I, I can't like, I can't take you out to any like my favorite ramen no, I'm place sorry. or anything. It's okay. It's okay. But I, you are joined by Messi, who also hates pasta. Yeah. Or else it would seem that way, the way that he destroyed Italy in this game, which I, I was hearing when I well, I came in, I heard you talk about. So Yeah. yeah. Uh Messi had a man of the match performance because Absolutely. You know, uh it 
it was he didn't he wasn't involved in the second goal, but it was a good piece of work there. Lautaro Martinez this time turned into the provider. He got away from Bonucci and just put a through ball in for Di Maria, who just made put Chiellini to sleep. I don't I don't know what Chiellini was doing. He felt he was asleep. Yeah, uh, Ch- and Chiellini was terrible in this match. Yeah, he he's thinking about that L.A. live in that he's going that yeah, he's going no, for. That's he passed it back to Donnarumma and at one point in the first half and it almost turned into an own goal like like that's how <laughs> that's how bad Keeley and Benucci were in this game so, yeah. yeah uh and but Di Maria just chips the ball over Donnarumma who it very similarly to uh Italy after the after the Euros has not been good uh Donnarumma has not been good since his move to PSG no he he has been very underwhelming, which is incre- like it makes me even more sad every day that he won the best goalkeeper award over Mendy. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying he was a fraud, fraud, Euro fraud. That's it. Uh, but that was in the first minute of first half stoppage time. And we don't get another goal until the very end. But the- but there was one close one I, I need to highlight, which is what was in the 62nd minute. Right. Right. Uh, Messi, uh, a messy corner finds Di Maria, who sent an absolutely d- destructive volley towards uh, Donnarumma. Goes straight to Donnarumma, whatever. Uh, but if that goal happened, I, I feel like that, that was Argentina's best chance before the the third goal. But yeah, I, I just have to mention that because if that happened, I, I literally would have like gone crazy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so the last goal though. Who else could have provided it but Messi? Yes. He makes it, he's makes a run up the field uh, and just tees up Dybala. Just tees him up really easily, you know. Uh, and uh, Dybala, late arriving run and just smashes the ball low in and beats Donnarumma and puts it in the bottom corner. And that's it. 3-0 to Argentina. Lights and out. Argentina win... Uh, here, here's the question. Is it a major trophy? I think it is because it does have some history behind it. I, because here, here's the other thing I'm thinking about. Ronaldo fans count the UEFA nations league as a major trophy that he won. And if we're counting that, then I feel like this, because this at least has some history behind it. I disagree. The nation's league, the nation's league has no history whatsoever. The the world cup in 1930 did not have any history either. And it's still a major trophy. The the nations, if you're counting the nation's league, this is the, this is a super cup, which has had iterations before. Okay. You you said it, you said it, right? Just think about how many teams you have to beat, beat in order to get to the nation, the top of the nation's league. You have to go through the group stages full of good teams. You have to go through semi and final. This is, you know, you you have to win the, you know, the, the respective Euro and Copa America. That's true, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna count this as a major trophy, you also have to count every single instance of a Super Cup. And I'm yeah. sorry, it, oh, I count, I count them all. They're all it, the same. It's a it's a trophy. It's a trophy, and you should be proud if you win that trophy. But I don't think that's a major trophy, and especially not this when I feel like if this was the Confederations Cup. And it just so happened these two teams met in the final. That would have been a lot more impressive. And you know who else agrees with me? Neymar, 
or some some uh, the Brazilian players. Oh, okay, who, yeah, the Brazilian players trying to downplay the Argentine yeah. Argentina's accomplishments. Wow. I don't want to. Okay, listen. How to me. predictable? That's true. That's true. I don't actually agree with that. I think I think they are right to celebrate a trophy, as you you would celebrate a a, a super cup, as you would celebrate any trophy, a league cup, an FA cup. Hey, you know, celebrate a like major you would, trophy. Yeah, you'd win the Premier League. Who cares? But to say that it like the in a couple of years they're not gonna they're not gonna be like oh I remember the summer of of twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two so so great like uh, we won the Copa America and also the finalissima they are both equal equally valid and equally important. Oh, no. I'm not I'm not saying it's equal to the to winning uh, the uh Copa, uh Copa America. I'm not I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it's still a pr- a pretty big accomplishment to win it. I that's what I'm saying. It, I it, I think it it's is. the same as the Nations League. It's on par with the Nations no, League. Yeah. No, it is. No. Be- because the the Nations League like there's there's like phases of play like there's diff- uh, it, it's a long drawn out process. You know you know what I mean? Na- and- name one player that likes the Nations League. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you wanna, I'm not gonna name a, a, a player. I'm gonna name countries. I'm gonna name countries. You know, oh. you know who likes it? Georgia. You know who likes it? Hungary. You know these countries that benefit from the nations. We're not even talking about the nations league right now, but I will say <laughs> that the nations league deserves respect, both Concacaf and UEFA. There are some definite negatives that come with the scheduling of of uh, otherwise important friendlies, but you know, I that's See, why that's why I think the nations league is a, ahead of the the finalissima. But we're not I, talking about I'm a, that. I'm a messy fan, so whatever whatever happens, this is a major trophy. This is a major trophy. I'm letting the bias blind me. It's a major I, trophy. I, it's the I biggest like, trophy, might I say. I like, actually, now that you got me there, yeah. I think this is the biggest. I think whoever wins the World Cup should play Argentina for the yeah. real trophy. The exactly. Final, the finalissima isima. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that translates to. In, I'm, I'm in guessing Italian. it's like final something i don't even i don't honestly i don't even know what language that is uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna it's it's italian finalissima it, that's definitely italian i'm i'm gonna type that into google translate oh i, I have it right here final, it's, it's, it's grand final final finalissima yeah see grand final what it's a that's grand so final you know you know why it's stupid and i'm okay with this trophy existing i just think that to celebrate it when you don't play the winners of afcon you know where's senegal in this you don't play the winners of north america where's the u.s in this in in asia where's Qatar and all of this i i feel like that gives you more credence as a major trophy than just a super cup arbitrarily between two different you know previously unlinked confederations it's like it's like if 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 la liga and uh the premier league ha- decided to have a super cup between them is that a major tr- it's like it's like the league's cup with mls and liga mx that's cool. You're proud to win it, but it's also even more arbitrarily made than the Nations League, right? Listeners, you know, you know, I'm right. You know, sound off, sound off in, in the in the on Twitter. You know, add us and say yes. AJ is right. He is always right when it comes to competition formats like this. Mm, it's it's a major trophy, and also finalissima would be me in uh, the grand grand final. So, yeah. All right. You, see, so there, there you go. That, that's that's the real trophy. That's what they had to rename the World Cup because th- this this name is way too grand for what it actually is. No, anyways. it's it, it's perfect for a major trophy. <laughs> I do want to uh, stay on Messi for a little bit because he had 
not just a great performance here, but also a great performance against Estonia, which is a little bit of a weird friendly for Argentina <laughs> to have. But he, <laughs> he had five. Oh my goals. gosh, I, I yeah. didn't even see that. Okay, yeah, never mind. That that's 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 fine. Yeah, we can we can celebrate Messi a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he became the first player in history who hits 1,100 goals and assists in his career, 769 goals and 331 assists, and again, only 974 appearances. And with his five goals on that day, Messi has surpassed uh, Puskas of Hungary as the fourth top international scorer of all time, which begs the question, is Messi just on vacation in Paris? Because it sure seems like it. He had an amazing summer last summer, last summer, and this summer it seems like he's right back on track where he was. I really think that PSG is just—it's just not the vibe for Messi. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, he didn't play awful at PSG. Six he, goals he played... was the least amount of goals he's had since two thousand five and two thousand six. Yes, but in all competitions, he had eleven goals and fourteen assists. So you know. 20, that, 25 goal involvements slow season for him yes but that you he's know, still class i'm not i'm not saying yeah. that uh he's still the greatest player of all time and uh no complaints uh, here yeah he they're 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 i i don't think that anyone will top him anytime soon i i, I don't think it's happening uh i don't see anyone in the current group of players that possibly could and uh he 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 just shows up, you know, maybe, maybe he did take a one year vacation in Paris. That, that's it. He's, yeah. he's allowed to do that. He's, he's allowed, allowed to. He's allowed, yeah. especially if he shows up for Argentina. And I think Argentina with his performances, with the likes of Martinez and Dybala and Di Maria, I think they're in prime position to be one of the contenders for the World Cup this fall, along with, yeah. you know, you can look at Brazil. I'm not going to say England, uh, France. No. They were getting knocked out in the group stage. Remember England? Yeah. So. Yeah. But I would say Italy if they if they made it didn't start sucking. But heck, e- even uh, even uh, the Netherlands and Denmark could be up there alongside with uh, the USA, of course, of course. Do you really believe that? No, no. <laughs> okay. I was actually thinking I, about in the shower before we started recording. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, I th- I think if we make the semifinals, I'd have to get like a tattoo on, on my arm because because that, that that'd be crazy enough <laughs> to think like like le- legitimately if the usa gets like third place which would be tied for the our best ever appearance in uh the world cup it, it best in the modern era for sure that would be nuts that that would fundamentally change the the direction of soccer in this country and i don't think we're we're gonna do that i i think our ceiling with with this crop of young players is going to be like round of 16 maybe quarterfinals but heck you know i don't know but argentina for sure i think will be up there especially with messi so i i kind of want argentina to win it i'm not gonna lie me too just just for the messi propaganda because ronaldo can never argue then did he did he win a world cup no yeah (laughs) I, i think i will be cheering for uh asian countries more uh at least until they all eventually get knocked out unfortunately Man, I'm so excited for the World Cup, yeah. except for the fact that it's in Qatar. It's in which, Qatar. Yeah. yeah, which means that maybe I won't be watching it. Because legally. we'll be in final exams. <laughs> Just, that, oh. that is true. Well, <laughs> well yeah. we, England versus USA will be smack dab in uh It's on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving isn't break. it? Yeah. 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 But I only have one final, actual final next semester, so you know how much I'll be focusing on the World Cup. So. Ah, okay. 
But uh, a team that's not focusing on the World Cup right now is Canada because they got bigger fish to fry. The Canadian men's national team yesterday was originally slated to play uh, Iran. Oh, where, that was got it Iran? Canceled. Oh, Panama then, got canceled first. And then Panama got canceled. I'll tell you the story, Jack. Okay. In January 2020, a Ukraine International Airlines flight from Tehran to Kiev was shot down by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps, killing among others, 63 Canadians. Fast forward to 2022, after Canada top World Cup qualifying uh, for CONCACAF, North American qualification mm-hmm. group, they decided to, you know, get a feel for some of their World Cup opponents by playing Iran. Uh, of course, two years after 63 Canadians were killed by Iran to some effect, and so people were rightfully mad. I think the some of the, I don't know, not prime. It wasn't the prime minister. It was like I don't even know what they call it in Canada. So some of the government officials spoke out against it, and eventually, the Canadian Soccer Association was like, "Fine," and they canceled the friendly pretty last minute, saying that you know the geopolitical you know situation was too much to safely and consciously put this on. So they get Panama. And Iran would have been a, a great friendly in terms of on the field test. You know, uh, they're a good team. They're in the World Cup. Panama is not in the World Cup. They got them last minute, but you know it was still some friendly. So it would it would have been good to at least get them to play. However, uh, two days before that game was supposed to happen, the men's national team of Canada refused to train in the lead up to uh, that match uh, because there was a dispute. Uh, from the players over allocation of funds earned by qualifying for the World Cup. And on Sunday, the players went completely public, releasing a fairly uh, crazy demand letter to the media saying that they decided not to play against Panama and saying, a quote, I'll quote this directly, despite the unprecedented success of both the women's and men's national team in 2021 and 2022, we have seen no changes. Where is the progression? Where is the money? Now, Jack, I'm sure you're familiar with Soccer United marketing here in America. It's been talked a lot over, over Twitter and stuff. Uh, do, do you know uh, a lot about uh, some, as some people call it? Not really. <laughs> okay, well, well, let me tell you, and listeners, it is kind of a niche topic unless you are very involved in soccer. But basically, some uh, Soccer United marketing is like the marketing oversight financial arm of uh, U.S. soccer. They handle like the marketing, getting the TV deals, uh, hosting like the friendlies and stuff, doing a lot of like the the behind the scenes work in terms of running the federation. They also ran MLS, or I, I think recently they've kind of like separated a little bit, but that's why a lot of people were like, oh, the, the U.S. soccer and MLS like, connection is too strong it's like because of some you know some might take conspiracy theorists some might people call it the truth uh but there was a lot of accusations of collusion between some and mls and u.s soccer well canada has something similar it's called the canadian soccer business csb which is run by the owners of the canadian premier league team and that was started in 2019 
and was signed on for 10 years. And under this agreement, CSB represents Canada soccer's commercial assets, including, just like with some corporate partnerships, uh, the media deal. And so that's why the, the players are asking where the money is going because uh, under their CBA ag agreements going on right now, they're not getting a big share of the money from the World Cup. I think it's you know less than what you know U.S. soccer would would take. I think U.S. soccer is taking uh ten percent and splitting ninety percent uh between the women's and men's players evenly. And if I'm I'm I don't have the numbers directly off the top of my head, but I think it was close to like 70-30 in favor of the players. But that's still a large cry off of what U.S. has with ninety and ten. And so the men's team are looking for equal payment among the players on the men's national team, regardless of how long each player has represented Canada, as well as just better wage structure in general. There are also other requests that uh, reflect concerns of those within uh, the CSA landscape, uh, because historically, 90s to the 2000s, 2010s, Canada has been known for having bad travel conditions, delayed payments, not having a... Uh, uh, great accommodations when they travel or even in their home stadiums uh, elsewhere the men's national team's statement demands for more former players from the men's women's and paralympic teams to be integrated into leadership positions within canadian soccer board and organizations as well as more general support from for the canadian women's national team uh, the women's national team also uh, released a statement saying that they're hoping to come up with an agreement between the men uh, the women's and the CSA board because the, the, the CBA that the men and the, the, the CSA organization suggested was not actually in their minds equal. Uh, it, it gave equal like percentages, I believe, of World Cup winnings. But if I am to understand, and of course I don't fully know the story, none of us really do, but from what I currently understand at this moment on June 6, 2022, is that the Canadians are pushing for maybe something closer to the U.S. model that was just adopted uh, between the two CBAs. Now, whether that's the right case or that's the wrong case, it's hard to tell. But what we do know is that the Canadian men's national team is on strike. As of today, again, on the 6th of June, there has been no contract talks thus far. Canada does have a couple of Nations League games coming up. So a lot is on the line right now. So, Jack, we've talked a lot about labor disputes before. How does this one feel? Uh, Stone Canada's side. Canada, uh, the Canada players. Okay. I was going to go, yo, yeah, hey, no, yo. No, 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 no. Uh, Canada, the, the players of Canada, they're right. Uh as is almost always the case with these yeah. uh, pay should be equal. Good. Uh, they they want more transparency. Awesome. They want more former players on the board of the Canada Soccer Association. Great. Uh, I don't see any unreasonable demands at all mm -hmm. within this. Uh, it's it's all fair. Uh, and I hope they're successful in getting can, uh, the Canadian Soccer you Association too, to too. change uh how how they're working because you know if the if the u.s can make changes like they did with that i mean canada certainly should uh yeah. if you know they i i think that 
I, I appreciate the, the Canadian players going on strike to, uh, you know, advocate for people who do not have who might not have as much power to advocate for this. And also, I believe part of their demands is uh, either uh, either starting or further developing a women's first division soccer uh, in Canada, which, yeah, which would, be, would great. be great. Yeah, it's needed. Uh, so, yeah. Power to the players, basically. Power to the players, indeed. Uh, especially when we have seen some opponents come out to, to this. Uh, namely, some fans that are upset. I mean, this is supposed to be in Vancouver, which historically has kind of been snubbed uh, by uh, Canada in terms of hosting home matches. I mean, they're supposed to work up qualify, and I don't know how often they got that. Uh, but again, as fans, we are... We are absorbing this game as entertainment these players this is their job and something that really muddies the water with like the the equal pay between a woman and men or just this entire conversation in general is the fact that a lot of these canadian players let's be honest are not being paid as lucratively as the u.s right and so that this is why even the men are fighting tooth and nail for better compensation because just think about it right a lot of our players, even our, our, our potential third-choice goalkeeper, Sean Johnson, is making good money with NYCFC, right? Maybe not the most, you know. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, who plays in MLS, still making TAM-level DP, almost DP-level. Actually, is he DP? I don't even know. I, uh, no, I, I think he, I think it's still TAM-level. Okay, but, but he's still making a very, uh, very good, good amount uh, salary compared to some of his compatriots. Meanwhile, potentially... Uh, Canada's third choice goalkeeper Dane St. Clair who plays for Minnesota United is making I believe still maybe not still on his rookie contract but like 200k at most I want to say and so this is why they're fighting for more compensation and so it makes sense that they who rely on these payments has not qualified for the World Cup in years they this is like their first chance at getting a good windfall of money. That's no wonder why they're, they're fighting tooth and nail. And there's no wonder why they've waited this long to bring it up. But it, it, it really like begs the question, what were CSA doing? Like how incompetent does CSA have to be to let all this stuff happen? It's very rare that someone in our, in the neighboring region makes USSF look good. But CSA legitimately, they knew they knew what happened to those 63 Canadians on that on that flight, and yet they still got Iran, right? USA is going to play Saudi Arabia in September. That's Oof. bad. That, that's yeah, bad. That's bad. Nobody can deny that. But two years ago, 63 Canadians died because of Iran, and you still host a friendly with them. Bad look. You have. You have all these years to potentially come up with a decision between the men and the women and dealing with all that. And you you wait until you have you have Herdman and his great gr- group of players. You have you have uh, uh, Sinclair leading the Canadian women's national team to an Olympic gold medal. And you still screw it up this badly off the field. That's terrible, right, Jack? That, yeah. That's legitimately incompetency. Yeah. Oh, 
all of the CONCACAF federations are, or the major CONCACAF federations aren't looking. Hey, you want to say a major? We have we have seen news stories out of out of Haiti. A lot of bad stuff mm-hmm. in Haiti as oh, well. Oh yeah, I mean, and Trinidad and Tobago historically a lot of yeah, bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I I I just looked on my bookshelf and uh, remembered the book, The Fall of the House of FIFA, and thought yeah. about Trinidad and Tobago's uh, FA and uh, CONCACAF in general. Uh, it, you know, CONCACAF is not. I think it's right to say that it's not a a great ethical region for no, when it comes not. to is but is any football association uh now that I'm thinking about it there's yeah, but you still expect it to be you still expect them to be this. to at least try and be better but yeah scheduling these kinds of friendlies making terrible business decisions not providing transparency to players that that's bad yeah and it's bad. Obviously, we talked a little bit about off the field stuff, uh, which is takes precedent over everything, of course, of course. But on the field, this is very bad for Canada. They went from playing potentially a, a good opponent to an OK opponent to no opponent at all. And keep in mind, the September window is probably going to be the last chance that player that teams have to get ready for the World Cup, because with fixer congestion, I believe we're skipping the the October window and going straight into uh, the November window, which that, will that be the right. beginning of World Cup. Yeah, and so this was basically one of three chances that they had because th- they had this this one friendly against Iran and then two high quality opponents in September, right? And you look at the U.S. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit in a, in a second, but faced Morocco, good opponent, uh, faced. Uh, faced Uruguay, obviously a good opponent. And in September, Japan and Saudi Arabia. All these are, are World Cup-bound teams. And that is that is the practice that you need in order to do well in the World Cup. Canada missed out on that. They have no other friendlies this window. They have two Nations League matches against Curaçao and Honduras, which, while very good teams... Mm. Is not the same. It, it is not the same as like Uruguay or Morocco yeah, it's, or it's, even. It's not Iran. even close. I'd say. And and so, what what is Alfonso Davies, Richie Larea, Kyle Laren, Eustachio? What what are they going to gain from playing Pan uh, Curacao and Honduras? Not a not lot. Much. Like, Canada is really missing out on quality practice time against quality opponents. And that's going to hurt them so much in the World Cup, a World Cup that they have not qualified to for the past how 40 something years, you know, to drop the ball this bad, which will literally get reflected in the the on the field performance, because, again, not a lot of practice. It's going to be bad, especially if they can't get something signed in the next couple of days because their, their next game is literally this Thursday. And what they they forfeit a, a Nations League match, which obviously will hurt their chance at getting another trophy. And also, Curacao isn't the best team, but that's still some level of practice, which again, they pro- they might not be getting. Like, oh, that's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, Jack, how about we close things off, uh, with a U.S. men's national team recap? I, I have a feeling that. After this entire window is done, we'll do a little bit of a who do we think should go to the yeah. World a Cup? A more in-depth look at, at yes. this window. But for now, 
a quicker one just talking about some of the players that were impressive. Yes. Some that maybe weren't. Yeah. yeah. And, and as we talked about before this, Jack, you have a you have a couple of hot takes that I think are interesting. So Jack, I'm also I'm, I'm going to preface this with saying that I did not watch much of okay. these games because okay. all of yesterday I was preoccupied with a lot yeah. of things. We'll, 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 so. we'll definitely give you a pass. Uh, I, I watched all of the Morocco game uh, as I was in the gym. Good workout to, to you know. A good good workout material because those three goals really motivated me to to run and lift faster. Uh, and I, I was out and about yesterday, but I, I was managed to catch the last half of uh, the Uruguay game and also, of course, watch the highlights. I got the last 10 minutes of it. <laughs> All right. So. Nice. Well, it was a very eventful last 10 minutes, to be yes. fair. To be fair. Uh, but Jack, which player's stocks rose and fell? I kind of split this into three categories just like you know pluses you know players that stock rose players that you know stayed the same in terms of where they are some stocks that fell so let's start with the positives because we like to talk about positives here jack which are who are some players two or three off the top of your head that had their stocks really raise in this Uh, i'm gonna give some love to both the goalkeepers matt turner and sean johnson both had great games matt turner eight saves against morocco um that's incredible yeah th- th- that game was a lot closer than that score line really gave it credit for yes we played a really good game but it was turner that really turned it up no i wasn't even playing that i said it sorry yeah so he he definitely uh i mean we knew he was good but you know that shot stopping ability you can't you can't get that from i don't think any other goalkeeper possesses that level of shot stopping ability and sean johnson you know solidified himself as a solid option for for potentially going to the world cup we'll see where the next few months go i i i think he could make a claim to be third choice i think he could it's tough because horvath stefan and turner are still ahead of him but you know you, you never know maybe one of them gets injured or maybe one of them just doesn't have a good start to the season and sean johnson yeah. keeps up great form with nycfc so yeah nycfc who are the best team in MLS right now and he is the only goalkeeper that's going to be like regularly starting as of right now exactly yeah so um I I I could see I could see him getting that so I'll I'll give some props to both of them uh one other player though that I feel like really played well in these games uh Brendan Aronson Uh uh-huh been Uh great yes uh he's very good and I want to I want to see I want to see some some more of him in every game. He he is very creative, uh, definitely going to be one of the one, one of the stars of this team for yeah. years to come. And uh, I'll, I'll also give a shout out to Haji Wright score scored a penalty. It was, it was close. It was, it was, a, <laughs> it was, it was a close, close. penalty, yeah. uh, but he did score. Very cool for him. I, I believe that was his first senior cap was it or yeah it, it was his first cap for uh first penalty or first goal uh christian pulisic was like poised to take it but the, they did that trick where like they're all uh, oh, yeah, last yeah. minute and hey, uh, it works haji, it kind of yeah. works yeah. it almost didn't almost, <laughs> it did, almost but, didn't but haji wright scored and he and pulisic go way back into like the u15s u17 so they should they shared a, a nice moment after that goal so it's cool to see uh, i i do want to say a brand aronson 
did play centrally in that Morocco game, mm-hmm. scored a goal thanks to a Pulisic uh, layoff. Uh, oh, that touch from Pulisic as well. Yeah, can, yeah. can we? Yeah. Can, I, let, let's just quick. Let me just quick give some appreciation for that. The touch on that goal, beautiful, oh, world that, class. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think he should stay at Chelsea for for that for that that one thing. Actually, uh, funny enough, Chelsea Twitter ate that up and uh, yeah. And brought back and brought people back to the, his goal against Real Madrid in the Champions League winning campaign uh, last season. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You know? No, I, I I absolutely thought that Pulisic. I, I didn't I didn't think it happened, but he improved even more. I, I feel like I feel like he's not overthinking thing. I don't want to say overthinking because he's a world class player. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't actually overthink things, but maybe dribbling too much, like taking too long in the ball, and like in this case, right instead of like necessarily trying to beat his man even though he had a nice cut in that goal uh, but he lays it off you know pl- plays maybe the easier pass instead of trying to make something happen by himself and Aronson scores a goal Leeds United Twitter uh blew up because of that uh and Aronson played uh centrally which gives us even more options to a pretty stacked midfield as it is Adams played well. McKenney came back from injury, played some limited minutes. Uh, Eunice Musa, I thought, ugh, amazing engine on him. He's one of the players I said his stock rose because I don't know what Valencia is doing wrong with him, but he's always like legitimately one of the best U.S. men's national team players when he plays for us. I, I-, I thought, you know, I thought he played very well in Morocco, but even in this Uruguay game, he's one of the best players we had. Uh, the Jesus Ferreira miss, which is a pretty bad miss, a lot of that came from Musa's uh, ball progression and him moving up the field. Very, very good from him. Um, the MMA midfield goes absolutely nuts. Or maybe uh, uh, AMA with Aronson. Who knows? Because McKenney and Aronson started playing very, very advanced Uh even more, maybe even as a 10 roll instead of just a pure dual eight. So crazy things to see there. Uh, another player has to be uh, Timo Weah. Not only does he score that knuckleball goal uh, to make it 2-0 against Morocco, uh, but you could see after he left uh, against Uruguay, our offense basically kind of fell off a cliff. The, the first half, there were times where U.S. dominated, and a lot of that comes from his runs, his ability to uh, get get some shots off, get some touches in. Of course, there is that, that concern about his end product, but the goals will come there. And the last player I have to mention is Zimmerman. I feel like he was yeah, the... Thor. Yeah, 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 th- yeah. Literally, Thor, Jack and I both love him. We both got to see him score a goal. Uh, against Honduras when he came to Minnesota with uh, the USA. And I, I feel like he's legitimately right now, because Brooks is in here, our best center back, bar none. Like, obviously, with that with that Aronson goal, pings that, that doesn't ping, but launches that, that ball forward to Pulisic. I, I want him to, to, to go for more long balls like that. And I think just defensively, he bailed us out a lot in Uruguay against Morocco, more so than any other defender. So if it's him and Richards, I'm happy. If it's him and Miles, of course, he won't be there. Brooks, him and maybe, Long. maybe not. Aaron Long. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, Jack, how about... I mean, do, you have any, do you have anything to say about uh, 
player stocks staying the same or you just want to get into player stocks falling so I feel let's like, go into the falling that's more yeah, interesting and, isn't it yeah i feel like the players that we don't mention obviously their stocks have stayed the same but yeah is, okay go ahead uh so falling i maybe a bit controversial but i think joe scally fell a little bit no it's not controversial at all i think I, a lot of people was, agree with that it was not a good performance from him uh he he like uh, on the almost goal that Uruguay scored at the end, it, that would have won the game in the yeah, 93rd uh, minute. Cavani just gets away from yeah, him he, and EPB. Yeah, that's that's another player that was a little disappointing. Both both Eric Palmer Brown and Joe Scally were a little disappointing in 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 the limit. In well, Joe Scally played 90. Eric Palmer Brown in only one half was a little disappointing. But uh, yet yeah, neither of them were that impressive for me. I. Especially Joe Scally. It, it, it shows that I, I honestly, it, it kind of shows that maybe, maybe Burhalter was right. I know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. He, maybe he was right that he needs a little bit more time before he starts getting integrated into the national team, which I know would kill like half of the USA fan base to say. But, you know, maybe he was onto something. Just just maybe. Can I, uh, can I say something about, yeah, about Scally sure. before you move on, though? Uh, I agree. His stock did fall. I agree that Burhalter definitely knows more than almost everybody on U.S. men's national team Twitter, save for like legitimately like coaches and players. Yeah. Obviously, like they could maybe rival him. Uh, but Joe Scally, I- I'm still not giving up on him. Even oh, I- I'm in not. This e- cycle. I'm not either. Well, in this think, cycle, maybe I I might. But I, I think <laughs> I think it was like what Alexi Lalas or whoever said that. He, it, like it, he seems like a really good contributor for the 2026 cycle yeah which is really just him saying that he's not good enough right now but l- l- like l- listen listen right i know it was a friendly i know it's the b team uruguay is still a good team i feel like most players that aren't like well integrated in this team that aren't you know mature are going to struggle against any uruguay side so that's why we ha- we saw zimmerman do so well because you know he, he is a very mature player Joe Scali, of course, is not. And so I think comparing Scali to, you know, how other players do against maybe smaller concap teams, I think it's apples to oranges. I have been pretty neutral on Berhalter for as long as I can remember. Uh, I give him credit, but also I, I feel like if they brought Scali in a bit earlier against other types of uh, easier opponents, we would have seen something and we wouldn't just have this one game to be our one barometer, like, oh, he's bad for the USA. Because I'm sure there's much more he can do. I would like to see him legitimately start on the right side and the left side, whatever, against uh, Grenada, against uh, the other team that we are playing that I am forgetting that doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, El Salvador. El Salvador, yes. Because I, I feel like that'd, be, that'd give us a better kind of picture into how he can actually play and so i'm not giving up and not giving up on him yeah, i so. I, st- I still think I, I i don't think he's he's like as much of a lock or as much of an like an immediate answer to any yeah. left back problems that people think we have so that but that's it, what i'll it, say on and it and we do have problems keep in mind that that people thought that anthony robinson wasn't good enough when he uh, played best. badly for a couple of games <laughs> and he was our and best then, player in world cup qualifying legitimately yeah one of them and so if not scally who's it gonna be vines bello i don't know i don't know we'll have to see we'll have to see uh but uh jack who else did you say 
had their stock fall a little bit? Not not many. I, I know a lot of people might be expecting Aaron Lawn to be a name. And I, I, I agree. I was neutral on him. I, I didn't care either way. I thought he did fine. It's not I, I, I didn't think he was going to be he should be on the World Cup roster before. And I don't think he should be now. Uh, it, it So it didn't move the barometer at all. He, he was fine, I guess. Uh, he's a center back. Well, you're, I, you're saying facts now. Yeah, no, because that's what I can say. I, I, I don't think he had okay. the worst performance I've seen from a, a U.S. center back. I think, you know, it can be fine. I, I, I think like it was worth trying to get him into the national team picture because, you know, a lot of center backs kind of injured out of form or just not being selected by Burhalter kind of. You know, it makes sense to bring in some other names, maybe like that have been in the national team before. Uh, but I think we we can kind of decide, like, yeah, no, it's not it's not worth it. I I don't think it's not worth it. All the other players I I said had their stock fall. I, I'm not giving up on yet. I I think mm-hmm. they have like a spot on this team, not necessarily in the World Cup roster, but on like the expanded like 35 player list that we could potentially choose from. Like I said, EPP had a bad half. was was not at all convincing. Uh, same with Yedlin. I, I just feel like they no, did not have a good defensive uh, showing. You know, Yedlin, you know, had a, a decent World Cup qualifying campaign. Jesus Ferreira is a bit on a, a striker goal drought right now. Had that bad miss against Uruguay, but he's in the right spots. I, I know a lot of people are giving up on him, saying that Wea should be the number nine. I don't think that. I think that's doing way a disservice because I think he's best on the wing. And I think the answer still is like either sticking with Ferreira because let's be honest, that goal drought isn't that long when you really think about it. And I, I think he still has really good hold up play. And I, I think that people are just giving up on him just because once a striker stops scoring some goals, it's less about the actual process and getting goals and just about like what's on the stat sheet and they just move on to the next possible striker. Oh, is the Hodge right? Oh, we should bring back Josh Sargent. Oh, we should do this. So I'm, yeah. I don't I don't think that his stock fell enough for me to not like him. Aaron Long. No. No. <laughs> That's He's all, a center I mean, back. He is a center back, but I don't think that he is markedly better than uh, maybe EPB, but especially Cameron Carter-Vickers, and then especially Chris Richards, who is injured right now, mm-hmm. especially John Brooks, who is still being frozen out for pati- most likely non-sporting reasons, which is understandable, but I, I just don't think Aaron Long adds any ball-playing ability to this game. Like you, you saw, you saw If you watch... All this, the, the balls that he played weren't very good. Usually went to the opponent. Wasn't very successful uh, in in this in these games. And so I, I'm just not very convinced uh, by him. And I think that pretty much any of other any other of our uh, prominent center backs could do a better job than him at his supposed strengths. And I'll leave it yeah. at that. Yeah. Uh, everyone else stock stayed the same. Legitimately, yeah. it was all. I, I I thought I I try not to judge too much from friendlies either way. Like no, I I think it's cool that we were able to draw against Uruguay and keep a clean sheet against them because you know they they've 
Darwin Nunez is a very talented striker. Yeah. 26 goals in the Liga Nos for Portugal. Uh, Maxi Gomez is pretty good at Valencia or all right at Valencia. Now that I'm looking at the stats, Cavani, obviously is still, is still a decent striker. Uh, you know, the, these, there were some good players that were playing. We were playing against Uruguay's best goalkeeper as well. Muslera is their number one, I believe. Yeah. Still. Uh, still a B team, but again, their B a team, strong is, B team, their, their B team is still probably at, or maybe a slightly less uh than us in terms of strength but still like that they're like what the 13th best team according to fifa for a reason yeah and we got a, a draw which extends our home unbeaten record to something good something yeah. crazy so good for us yeah i mean again with oath friendlies whether it's a club or whether it's a uh, uh, in the international game, it's less about the results and more about the process. And so, it, with our with our in depth a window review and our you know look at the the players and who we think should go to the World Cup, it's gonna when we talk about this window, it's less gonna be like, oh, this person scored a goal, so they should go into the World Cup. That's a stupid way of looking at it, obviously, but more like that's too reactionary. Yeah, exactly. We'll it, leave that should, for Twitter takes. We will leave that to Twitter takes. And Jack, speaking of Twitter takes, where can people see ours? Yeah, they can find it on Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, that was a smooth transition. There. I there know, you go. dude. Yeah. Uh, so dude, call me messy with that, bro. I'm exactly. A, yeah. uh, so you can check us out on Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, we'll we'll be tweeting on there throughout the process of you know the Nations League going on. Yes. Uh, the the inter conference playoff games for the World Cup. I yes. believe New Zealand versus Costa Rica is in a week or so from yeah. the time of recording this. Uh, I think it will be a week from uh, when this episode releases. So the, yeah. there we go. Uh, that that will be coming soon. And uh, of course, the CONCACAF Nations League, the biggest competition, yeah. but not bigger than the Finalissima, of course. Okay. <laughs> uh, 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 yes. And if you want a one-stop shop for all things Final Third Show, finalthirdshow.com is where you're going to want to go. I didn't even want to make that rhyme, but it ended up doing that. Uh, <laughs> also, check out our Twitter account for news about uh, our Pride Month donations to our respective LGBT and specifically uh, uh, trans youth uh, organizations. Join us in that I'm sure that we'll get some people to at least match us on that, if not donate potentially more, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see you guys this Thursday or Friday. It's It's been a loose summer, but hey, don't blame us for anything. Uh, We're we still getting talk- the content. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At some point, yeah. Uh, we might be talking about MLS TV deal. We might be talking about MLS uh, half season. We might be talking about... Uh, a, a whole slew of things maybe nations league stuff who knows who knows uh we'll see you guys there on thursday or friday we'll see you guys same time same place even though it might be a bit earlier because it's coming out on tuesday yada 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 for our news and predictions episode tell your friend about the show tell your dad about the show we'll see you there see ya bye for now